In the coming years, the landscape of fintech is set to undergo significant transformations. In this episode, we'll give you the most important changes you can expect. Welcome to Open Banking Today and Tomorrow, a podcast powered by Rabobank. My name is Jeroen Broekema, I'm your host today. And today is joining us Salab Agarwal, the Global Head of Payments at Accenture. Welcome, Salab. Thank you so much, Jeroen. Great pleasure, to ha- pleasure to be here. Yeah, great to have you here and thanks for taking the time. Um, you've been walking around at the Money 2020 conference where this is recorded. Are there things that you know stood out for you? Are there particular impressions you have or anything you'd like to share about the conference? Yeah, I, I think Money 2020 this year is a lot bigger than last year. I think about 8,000 people around. It's the, the buzz is a lot more in general, which means that the change in money or payments and um, other things is not not stopping and um, and the other thing I would say is in terms of topics there's a lot more um, conversations about open banking open finance there's quite a few conversations on AI and gen AI um, there's mention of wallets and uh, and in some cases blockchain and metaverse and various other things as well so um, it's all happening and uh, really good to meet lots of colleagues and friends uh, and clients here at uh, money 2020 that's great that's great and i saw you were invited to a panel on the war of wallets what exactly is that (laughs) Um, so essentially everyone would like all the organizations, whether they are financial services organizations, whether they are telecom providers, whether they are retailers, everyone wants to control the consumers. Um, And essentially who should control the wallet is the consumer themselves. Like if I have a physical wallet, I control it, right? Um, I think this is where um, the war is on um, in terms of who's going to win, whether it is the various providers, whether it is the owner of the wallet and who will have the control. What, What we discussed was there's likely to be a lot of standardization at certain parts of the wallet, including ID, like the EI, DS um, initiative in Europe and various other identity initiatives. Open Wallet Foundation is another initiative where you know uh, people are looking to come up with at least common design principles. In some cases, common standards, just like what has happened in the internet and other places or web browser industry. So, um, it, in order to standardize, but also then there's space to. Um, compete and create new experiences on top of it and i think that is where in certain markets in say southeast asia or asia in general china india you've you've seen emergence of super apps where you kind of get all the experiences in certain apps and certain wallets which are powered by wallets um in in europe what we are seeing more is there is um you know um super apps uh, in categories, I would say, which are coming up powered by digital wallets as well. So there would be, uh, when you think about travel, you go to one app. When you think about mobility, you go to another app. When you think about home buying, you go to another app. And I think it's all about joining end-to-end experiences powered by wallets is probably where it'll go. So who will win is is an interesting question. I think what we all agreed collectively is that the, at, the, at the end, it is a consumer that's that's going to win, so all of us will win. Right. Uh, there's a, You say a lot of interesting things, but let, let's take two things out of it. One is the word control. That's mm. what you stressed a lot, right, in the beginning of your answer. So who are the players that could control, potentially? 
Oh, <laughs> uh, there's uh, there's quite a few, right? So the device providers have clearly got um, if they have um, um, uh, like most people use their mobile wallets to um, make the uh, digital wallet connection and the app connection. So they are definitely the ones who have got uh, significant power. You've got certain wallets on the on the internet um again i'm not going to name them but uh, but essentially you know um the one uh, uh wallet which is most popular and we probably all use it for checkout and then um, you've got the retailers especially the big e-commerce providers and others again um uh, there's only a few like uh, and again they they are the ones who could could own it so so there's there's lots of organizations but at the same time in certain geographies like um, in India, for example, there is um, Aadhaar or UPI, which is like government-powered um, wallets like BMAP and others. So like it, it really depends on which geography and uh, who are the key players. I mean, to me, um, there's, there's certain critical aspects of a wallet. Uh, one is the identity, the trust um, uh, with the brand so that I am willing to... Uh, give my information into the wallet and I, I think that is quite important clearly if it is government issued then it, they can own it um, but if it is not then commercial entities but I mean of course the next generation of Gen Z is more comfortable giving their information to certain organizations than, than some of the people who have lived a little longer like me um, so, so I think there's the trust bit and then there is the usability bit because unless you've got all payment types in it um, where you know in Netherlands you can use it uh, to pay by ideal or if it is SEPA instant or it is uh, whatever different types of cards and alternate payment methods and buy now pay later and the whole lot and 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 maybe digital currencies and CBDCs in future and um, un unless all of it is enabled and usable at various places it's not usable and and the experience has to be friction free and then the experiences on top of it so i think if you think about all those ingredients there's um, clearly uh, lots of organizations who can look to um, you know provide the services but at the end it should be the consumer to control it. yeah that's your that's your <laughs> key takeaways it's very important and given that we're talking about control and a war that means there's a lot to win right yeah do you have any numbers or any you know general statements on how big this is I mean, it is, um, it is I, I actually can't remember the numbers at the top of my head, but uh, we are clearly talking about billions of dollars here um, in terms of the market size. Um, and uh, um, and yeah, that's why, I mean, the, there is the direct numbers and then there are the indirect numbers. I think this is, this is the most important thing, right? So if you're a social platform, you don't want the eyeballs to go away from your platform, right? Whichever social platform you're on. And and the point is that uh, for you to keep the attention on your own platform, you do not want um, any of the transactional activities, the buying, selling, and, and the payments associated with it, the commerce and others, to go away from your platform. So to enable experiences, you need the full wallet and the various capabilities. And, and this is where you think about it as not just the direct revenue which you get from the wallet or the transactions itself, but the, um, the various other 
uh, indirect revenue benefits, whether it is the advertising or whether it is the other services you can, you know, potentially uh, solve for or solve solve for wider problems for the consumer. So, so there's there's a lot at stake. Very, very clear. Uh, the other thing I wanted to pick on is you said um, super apps and you start talking about Europe and Asia. And in Asia, you clearly have these real super apps, right? And then you said something al along those lines. In Europe, it's more a bit more, you know, in different pockets. Will we not see a super app here, you think? <laughs> um, I think it has been... Um uh, a constant journey in Europe where we have seen innovation come through every few years and we have matured as a um, as a customer proposition already whereas in Asia where it was predominantly cash dominated and then um, these large apps came in whether it is Paytm, Google Pay, or Alipay, WeChat Pay, or Grab Pay or, or whoever like there's so many of these where they've come in and essentially uh, created a big jump in terms of customer experiences and established themselves in those spaces. Um, and I think that's that's been a key driver. Also, some of the um, local uh, nuances, like in India, the UPI, the Aadhaar, which is the identity, um, has just enabled it to happen in a certain way. Whereas in the West, we already have kind of decent customer experience when you come like you can all tap we can all tap a phone and uh, and make the transaction so the QR code kind of never came in in that big way like um, also the the way the whole economy is organized is different so I, I, I think it'll come but it'll come in different shape um, is what I, I believe because there's still I mean even as um, in Europe, you still have the same uh, life challenges like, okay, I, if I want to buy a home, I need to connect into go to the, um, the, the search site to find the home, the prices, the mortgage, the moving, the, uh, sorry, the closing of the, the exchange of the house, the, the moving, the setup, the buying, like the, the whole, whole experience, if you think about it, there's just so many places I need to go to. If someone were to bring it together, it's, it's really an, uh, a super app in, in the context of home buying experience. And you can see that, that that coming together in any case. I think where it may not go is it's home buying plus you want to go on a holiday plus you want to go because there are enough players that are big enough who, who may have the brand recognition and the ability to stitch together in those areas whereas uh, the brands are not across all aspects of our life. We need a term for this, right? Maybe <laughs> super category apps category. or something. Oh, that's I a don't good know. One. We're just that's making a, this up. Yeah. So let's talk about the changing landscape of payments. We've seen a significant shift from cash to digital payments, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, even from traditional payment cards to mobile uh, payment solutions, uh, with 70% of youngsters now using their phones on smart devices uh, to pay, what do you think is the next big trend here? You already alluded a little bit to it, but... What do you think? I, I, I think there's, uh, I mean, clearly, um, the the trend towards um, having uh, experience and and the your your key term around uh, you said super app cat super category apps. Yeah, don't I don't think. start coining, <laughs> but it's just, just made it up during <laughs> no, no, this podcast. But, 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 but super category apps is is definitely one trend, right? Which we will see more of because I think that's definitely um, one of the things we're seeing. Like there's um, a large European conglomerate that has got airlines. It's got a 
a kind of a bank uh, it's got health clubs and various other things and they are thinking about how they become the destination for their consumers across the conglomerate or the group and you, you we would see a lot more of those types of wallets powering up those super app, super category apps uh, in those those areas for sure um, th then there is uh, the, the technology is changing significantly right so the, the core of the payments like we're talking about ISO 2022 and real-time payments so essentially what I mean they're they're big terms but but what it means is there'll be richer data flowing through payments and 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 payments will be instant as well so uh, what, what that does is that the experiences that we will see see coming at the end of this are going to be a lot more frictionless, um, slick, and, uh, and and quick. And then what the data will enable, I mean, there's, there's a lot of talk around using AI with the data and how how and what it'll enable is is again uh, there's lots of possibilities starting with fraud and financial crime prevention but then going into more exotic use cases sounds like we're just getting started <laughs> it is it is i mean there's a long way to go and i haven't even touched on all the technolo technological changes like the oh you may CBDC. please go it's there's interesting yeah. <laughs> with the whole cbdc's um the, the central bank digital currencies central, sorry central bank digital currencies and digital euro in europe is is big and coming and it's uh, of course epi um, is is another one and then uh, then you've got the metaverse and the nfts and various other things um yeah knocking uh, right right there which which will all mean that we will do commerce in different ways which will mean that we'll have more opportunities to do payments in different ways I want to switch gears to um, to fintech investments. A bit different topic, but also very interesting because we've seen massive amounts of money going into fintechs. Um, is this this seems to be slowing down now? Is is that what you're witnessing as well? Well, I mean, if money 2020 is um, one barometer, clearly there's so many more fintechs out there, and and the money is still there in the market. It is just that. You have to make it worthwhile a little bit more. You can't just get free capital on empty promises uh, of future revenue. So um, I, I think it's all in uh, a function of increasing interest rates and and other opportunities to invest capital and still get gains. So um, I think these economic cycles will go up and down. But but I think for good payment companies, there's still. I mean, there's just so many areas of growth. I mean, but one area I just didn't even mention, open finance and open open banking and open finance as well. Like, I think there's just so many areas of growth where um, we will continue to see um, a lot of uh, investment. In fact, the evening, um, last evening and the evening before, I was on two um, drinks. And it was all about, like, so many fintechs out there and investors actually looking for places to invest capital. Um, while there is a lot of uh, financial institutions are also looking with their venture arms to invest the large um, fintechs themselves have venture arms so like you know large fintechs have now become larger than large largest banks these days and they all have got significant um, um, you know uh, uh, venture arms and they're looking to take stake in them and um, so, so I think for good fintechs for good ideas for good um, promises to make a difference in the society there's money out there 
<laughs> right. So, I mean, it's probably, it sounds like a healthy development where you have, you know, as you said, uh, not, not only free capital and empty promises or something like that, if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm quoting you correctly. So uh, it seems to be a healthy, uh, healthy development. And on that note, I also, it seems to be more moving from, I would say, you know, disrupting fin disruptive fintech to more enabling, right? If you walk around here on Money 2020, you see a lot more players that want to work together with the uh, existing uh, financial institutions. Is that also your your view on this? Yeah, I think it's an and. Um, I mean, there's still space for fintech to develop on its own. But yeah, I mean, the, there was a point in time when we spoke about, you know, of course, all this uh, early 2010, 2011, when all of these Stripe, Adyen, where all of these uh, large payment fintechs came about and then we saw the wave in 2015-16 when we had the N26 and Starling Monzo Revolute come about and then um, clearly now we've got a lot more platform providers and cloud enablers and technology providers but then open banking fintechs are, are out there gen ai fintechs are out there uh, if we call them fintechs but gen ai providers are out there there is a lot more metaverse players out there so so there is um i i think they will change shape and form they will be enablers as well as um giving competition wherever there's spaces right so um you know, working towards the end of this uh, this episode, um, could you maybe mention a couple of, for you, key takeaways for this episode? That's one. And maybe, I ask you two questions, you're a consultant, you can deal <laughs> with, with many questions at the same time. The other one would maybe be, um, have you particular tips for financial institutions in this in your space in the payments uh, in this payment space sure. so key takeaways as well as tips for fi so, so my key takeaway is uh this is a fast changing space and we have to be on top of it to keep going and uh, money 2020 is clearly a demonstration that we are not slowing down anytime soon so so keep your eyes and ears open continue to develop propositions and uh, and and look at what's developing because disruption can happen um, anytime. And I'm, I'm saying that with, uh, with, with finger pointing towards myself, even consulting may get disrupted with Gen AI, uh, for example. But um, having said that, we've also got um, um, the, the key um, um, thoughts I would leave the financial institutions with is that, um, um, you, you know, like the, the key is how you invest your capex. So if you look at most financial institutions, um, capex budget, a lot of the money is going into mandatory and regulatory changes. And, and very left is left for propositional development and various other activities. And I think it's about how you do the mandatory change in such a way that it enables the consumers. I think getting that lens into how you look at changing things, whether it is bringing in more cloud-native technologies, whether it is um, thinking about end-to-end -end customer journeys and how it will enable the customer journeys, is going to be quite important as you um, you know define your journeys to get to the next um, phase of development that's a great one to end on uh, thank you so much Shalep uh, Agarwal the global head of payments at Accenture for taking the time here live from money 2020 
Thank you, Jerome. It, it was a pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you for um, tuning into this episode of Open Banking Today and Tomorrow. Remember, you can continue the conversation by subscribing to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And speaking of Spotify, starting today, you can now watch the video version of our podcast exclusively on Spotify. So if you're craving a more visual experience, head over to Spotify and check out the video version of this episode. Life, as I said, from Money 2020. Thank you for listening.